This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the crop insurance industry. NCIS provides the primary safety net for millions of acres of cropland and hundreds of commodities across the U.S., enabling farmers to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. More with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell when Open Mic continues after this. America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance now more than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting more than 290 million acres of farmland and more than 130 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. This week, our guest is U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. After a spring recess, Congress is back to work with a broad agenda, including trade, spending, and regulatory control. The Senate Majority Leader, Kentucky's Mitch McConnell, says this is a different Senate under his leadership. In all of last year, the Democratic majority allowed only 15 roll call votes on amendments in a whole year. And we've just finished the first quarter of this year, and we've already had 94. Secondly, the good definition of dysfunction is not passing a budget. For the last five years, uh, the Democratic majority did not pass a budget. To show you how unusual that was, you go all the way back to 1974 when the Budget Act was passed, and only one time did the Senate fail to pass a budget. Uh, we've already passed the budget this year. So we're beginning to end dysfunction and get the Senate back to work. Senator, I understand the next six weeks, the Congress to be in session. What are your legislative priorities? What must be addressed? Well, one thing we agree with the administration on that's important to American agriculture is we need to pass what's called Trade Promotion Authority, which is a process by which we can approve a trade agreement. This is something we agree with the president on and something that in order to pass, He's going to have to deliver a lot of Democrats because organized labor, one of his great allies, is trying to shoot down trade promotion authority, threatening not to contribute to Democrats who vote for it. So it will require presidential leadership to deliver the Democrats. Most of my members, if not all of them, are on board. We think trade is a big winner for America and particularly a big winner for agriculture. And hopefully that's something we'll be able to pass in the Senate in the coming weeks. Senator, from just a broad stroke question, is the posturing by some Senate members and others for the White House for 2016, is that an obstacle to some difficult decisions that are before the Congress? No, I don't think so. I mean, we've got uh, four four Republican senators running for president. But, uh, look, I, I don't think it's a, a problem for us. Uh, they, they'll show up when they need to to vote, and uh, I, I don't really see that as a problem. With regard to trade promotion authority, we understand that Chairman Ryan, Senators Hatch, and Wyden had been working on a deal that would bring a proposal to the floor. Is your understanding that we have an agreement yet, and how soon, if there is an agreement, could that come to the Senate floor? Well, scheduling is my responsibility as the majority leader. Um, and that's up to me. And, and what I'm saying to you is that uh, we're going to deal with it for the Senate in the very near future. Are there enough votes in the Senate now? If the vote were today on a deal, do you think you have enough votes to approve TPA? Well, I hope so. If the president delivers the Democrats, we'll, we'll be there. Do you feel like there will have to be concessions 
in order to gain votes from the minority side of the aisle? I certainly hope not. Uh, what I hope is the uh, bill that we expect to come out of the Finance Committee, if it's supported by the ranking Democrat, uh, Senator Wyden of Oregon, that plus the president's support should provide enough Democrats uh, to get to the two-vote threshold, which is what we will need in order to pass it. We can't do it Republicans only. There are 54 of us. In order to pass the bill, we're going to need at least uh, some Democrats. What are deal breakers for your side of the aisle? Well, we want the we want the state promotion authority bill to be a, a, a permanent procedure. In other words, not to be subsequently unraveled by Senate action. In other words, once the deal is passed, it needs to be passed. We also think that the length of time on the trade promotion authority ought to benefit the next president, whoever that may be, as well. Not just a one-time TPA uh, for Barack Obama. Is the Cuban issue a legislative item that is to be considered in the short run? Or is this more of a wait-and-see from the administration's agenda? Well, I think the administration would like to normalize relations with Cuba, and in order to do that, it will require some congressional action. I must say, I may be in a different place from American agriculture on that. I, I don't favor, I do not favor normalizing relations with Cuba, although I know that there are a number of folks in agriculture that view that as a potential market and would like to see that happen. Last week, we spoke with Kansas Senator Jerry Moran, and he described a regulatory mess in Washington and discussed the EPA's challenge on not only air, but also for water. Are the regulatory issues you feel like this Congress should address from the administration stand? Yeah, across the board. I mean, the, the administration is strangling the whole economy with their regulations in health care and financial services, and, of course, with things like waters of the U.S. And what we anticipate doing on the waters of the U.S. Uh, regulation is trying to uh, prevent it through the funding of the Environmental Protection Agents, to bill that funds them. Now, of course, the president has the, uh, kind of the final say because he can veto a spending bill, but we think the best tool to go after ridiculous and overreaching regulations like the waters of the U.S. Uh, is through the funding process of the agency that proposes such ridiculous regulations. Will you use the appropriation process also in the president's war on coal? Absolutely. Uh, again, you know, he, he, he has the final word because it doesn't become law without his signature, but we're gonna, we're certainly gonna fight back in the war against coal. It's a, it's a war against all of Kentucky because 90% of our electricity comes from coal-fired generation. We've enjoyed very low utility rates over the years. Even if you're not in a coal-producing uh, county, the war on coal, you should understand, is a war on all of Kentucky, and we're gonna fight back as hard as we can. Let me just say, Jeff, on that issue, there's a chance we may succeed in court. The president's a constitutional law professor at Harvard, uh, a very famous liberal lawyer named Larry Tribe, who agrees with the president on the substance of climate change, actually has also said that he doesn't have the authority to do it and is representing the coal industry in litigation seeking to stop the uh, carbon emissions uh, initiatives of the administration. I have also suggested to the governors that they not that they not file these state implementation plans. And interestingly enough, even though Governor Bashir apparently is inclined to do that, all of the candidates for governor, both Democrats and Republicans in Kentucky, said if they're elected, they will not pass the state implementation plan. And the reason I've suggested states not do that is because we don't know yet whether what the president's uh, trying to do is legal or illegal. Uh, and I think a smart move would be to wait until we see whether there's a chance of winning in court. 
Senator, with regard to this appropriations process, if it is the intent of the majority and of the leadership to use policy riders to defund particular areas, there is the winning of the battle and then the winning of the war. How do you pull enough votes together to be able to override the president's veto or give enough that you might gain his signature? Well, it's hard. I mean, hey, you take uh, Dodd-Frank, for example, the new financial services legislation. We have managed to take a couple of nicks out of it, a couple of pieces out of it, by sticking those repealers in other bills that the president actually ended up signing. So, you know, we will need some Democratic support in order to get uh, riders out of the Senate and even more Democrats to prevent a veto if that occurs. But, look, I don't think that's a good argument for not trying. The war on coal has has created a depression in eastern Kentucky, and even though I know you're in the western part of the state, uh, it's it's heading west. And so we're going to give it our best to try to stop this guy. The ultimate solution, obviously, is a new new president of a different persuasion. There are some who are suggesting that this could be big enough to lead to a government shutdown in the appropriation process. Could it go that far? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, if you pass individual appropriation bills, you don't have a government-wide shutdown. If the president vetoes a bill that temporarily shuts down the Environmental Protection Agency, I don't think that's a national calamity. It's an argument over what the bill ought to say. With regard to the final budget process, some have suggested that this would be an opportunity for those who oppose the the new provisions of the 2014 Farm Bill to go after farm programs and specifically go after crop insurance what would be your thoughts on those attacks for farm program spending, and and could the USDA's uh, budget be subject to greater cuts? Well, I'm, I'm opposed to unraveling the farm bill through the appropriations process, but I do think it's important to have an appropriations process, you know, to pass the individual bills, uh, which uh, hasn't been done and in, in, in certainly in recent memory, as opposed to balling it all up into one great big omnibus appropriation where, you know, you do have the potential for a government-wide shutdown then. So I think the power of the purse is the best tool we have available. It doesn't guarantee the outcome, but we're going to make an effort across the board to pass each individual appropriation bill that's fund the government. That's 12 of them. And we will probably have some pretty big arguments over individual appropriation bills that fund different parts of the government over our priorities versus the administration's. Do you see tax reform on the congressional agenda and specifically toward the estate tax or the death tax and then the tax extenders that small business and agriculture are so interested in? Well, there are three separate issues there. On the death tax, we, we had an amendment on the budget a uh, week before last on the death tax, a total repeal of it. It passed. That doesn't get it done, but it certainly indicates the sentiment of the Senate. As you may recall, Jeff, I'm personally responsible for the $5 million per person exemption that's in current law which is also indexed for inflation and permanent law. I was able to get that in the 2012 fiscal cliff deal that I negotiated with the vice president. So that will protect about 99% of Kentucky's farms and small businesses. But I'd like to get rid of the death tax altogether. We had a vote on that during the course of the budget. It passed. That alone doesn't get rid of it, but it certainly shows where the where the sentiment is, I'd like to get rid of the death tax entirely. Uh, the 179 expensing provision, which are part of the typical what's called the extender package, I'd like to make that permanent, but in the absence of making it permanent, we'll certainly pass an extender package before the year is out. With regard to comprehensive overall tax reform, I don't see how we can do that with, uh, with uh, President Obama. He has a totally different uh, set of priorities. 
He wants to maintain the high rates that he's been able to achieve on individuals and small businesses. We don't think that's a good idea. So I can't imagine that we're going to be able to do system-wide comprehensive tax reform with this president. The president has offered a climate agreement to the rest of the world. He suggested it once and verified it recently. Uh, What will Congress have to say about his proposal to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from the U.S.? Well, we're going after that in court with the president's constitutional lawyer representing us, and we're going after it through the funding process. With regard to the so-called concessions the president's gotten from the Chinese, it was nothing, basically. All they conceded to do was what they intended to do anyway. And so I think the president's been largely unsuccessful in convincing the rest of the world to pursue this cause with the same zeal uh, that he has, which means that our economy is subjected to disproportionate adverse impact, and the rest of the world is not. I mean, look, the Indians and the Chinese are not going to handicap their economies. They're simply not going to do it. So I think he's not going to get the kind of international cooperation that he wants. And so the question is whether we'll handicap our own economy while everybody else is unencumbered. And I think that's a a bad policy for the United States. Senator McConnell, we want to thank so much you taking time to speak with us uh, with regard to issues in Washington. The program is called Open Mic, and, sir, the audience is yours. Well, Jeff, thank you uh, for the opportunity to be with you. You know, a new Senate majority doesn't change everything, but it does begin to change America. Um, Now you have somebody from Kentucky setting the agenda for the United States. Senate and for the country. Uh, my agenda will be very different, as already demonstrated in the first three months this year, from the agenda of Harry Reid and the Democrats. It still requires a presidential signature to change America, and the president is not moving to the political center. There are not a whole lot of things that I think we can do with him, but we're going to do our best to try to find areas of agreement. Trade may be one of those. Uh, cyber security protection for our country may be another one. Uh, but where we disagree, we're just going to move ahead with our agenda. And if he chooses to veto the bill, that's certainly his right under the Constitution. So I want to thank again the people of Kentucky for their support uh, last year, uh, carrying 110 out of 120 counties and winning by 15 points was very significant and strengthening my position in the Senate Republican Conference. I'm grateful for the continued support I've had from Kentuckians over the years. Our thanks to Senate Majority Leader Kentucky's Mitch McConnell, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the crop insurance industry. NCIS provides the primary safety net for millions of acres of cropland and hundreds of commodities across the U.S., enabling farmers to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.